everyone. Welcome back to another season of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. As always, we're going to start the season off with our season preview show. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, I'm Kev, the Trust Media Officer. With me, I've got the Lutonian journalist, James Cunliffe, and the Trust Chairman, Tony Murray. Uh, chaps, um, been a pretty busy summer, all things being equal, but uh, how's it treated you? Not too bad, Kev, not too bad. Yeah, it's, it's been a pretty good summer of sport to to keep us busy in between the actual proper stuff, isn't it? It absolutely yep. has, yeah, and I'm sure we'll reference that quite a few times um, as we go along. Okay, here's what's to come in this first episode of Season 5, amazingly, of the um, podcast. Um, we'll quickly recap on last season. Like we just said, so much has happened between uh, then and now. It's always good to refresh your memory. We'll have a quick chat about the players that have left. Uh, I caught up with Nathan Jones earlier this week uh, for his views on on all of that and uh, the season to come. And then we'll chat about uh, the many transfers, what we've seen in pre-season. I'll get the boys' expectations for the season ahead. Obviously, yeah, I'm fully expecting both of them to tell me that we're going to win the league by X amount of points, but we will find out if that is the case. We will discuss on Saturday the return of supporters, which I'm sure we're all eagerly awaiting for. And before we round off this podcast, we will go through the first five fixtures uh, that take us up to the next international break. However, gents, before we get started on the football, sad news came out last week, didn't it? That the legend Mick Harford is suffering from prostate cancer. Goes without saying that everyone on this podcast wishes Mick well. We all love Mick for his fighting spirit as a player and as a manager, as assistant manager and every other role he's fulfilled at the club. And we've no doubt that he'll fight this with the same strength and vigour. Mick, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, we send you all of our best wishes and we hope you have a speedy recovery and get well soon. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Indeed. indeed. And, uh, you know, he's come out and said to everybody get checked as well. So uh, <clears throat> I'm 40 this year. I think I'd clock over into that territory. So, uh, To be honest with you, I've, I've, I've had the test myself in the past and it's nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. Doesn't take long at all when you get the results back pretty quickly, um, and uh, it's it's better to have the all clear and be safe and sorry. Unfortunately, gents, as I'm I'm a, a fair bit older than you two, um, th- this is uh, part of the wonderful world of getting older. Mm. And, uh, you know, finding things that go wrong with your body, and uh, you know, but. You know, really wish Mick all the best. Um, you know, he can fight this and uh, he knows that we're all behind him, you know, and uh, we wish him all the best uh, for a speedy recovery. Yeah, we really do. He's going to be at Kennel's Road on Saturday and we hope and pray that it's not going to be too much longer before we see him back there mm-hmm. after that. Having said that, Kev, I just want to say that the game on Saturday, I think that was a wonderful gesture by the Brighton fans singing There's Only One Mick Harford and that was fantastic to see. Yeah, yeah absolutely was. The outpouring of um, love to Mick from all, all figures of football has been fantastic. And uh, like I say, if anyone's going to fight this horrible disease, it's picked the wrong man to uh, to tackle it, hasn't it? So uh, yeah. fingers, fingers crossed, everything's with you, Mick, and we're all right behind you. Let's get on to the football then. Um, chaps, last season, it does seem a bloody long time ago, doesn't it, with uh, the Euros and everything else that's um, come and gone since then. But 12th place finish for the town. Uh, points finish that was, well, that was incredible. Um, 
certain game in April that we'll all be remembering for 10, 15, 20 years to come. Um, James, it was just it was just a great season of progress, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's only when you look back with a bit of hindsight, really, isn't it? You can get some perspective on it. And it was, yeah, it was fantastic to have the security of knowing that Luton were going to be a championship side from, from quite some way out from the end of it. Um, you know, some great results, a lot of 1-0 away wins, wonderful stuff. Uh, you know, a certain little magician in the middle of the pitch. Um, the signing of a new of a new striker and the start of the changing of the guard. It was, uh, yeah, all in all, it was a, a really, really enjoyable season. Um, albeit one where, for the first time in about 10 years, not not going up or not going down. It was, uh, that was strange. Never before, Tony, has mid-table mediocrity felt so good, has it, really? It was just, we're not used to it, but we, why, why hell did we, did we like it? Yeah, we, we were all very, very happy with that. Um, you know, it was, it was a, a sure sign of progress. Um, really, really happy not to be involved in that relegation dogfight at the end of the season as well. Um, and it just shows that the steady increase in the uh, quality and level that the club is playing at. And it is fantastic to see. It was a welcome change, a very welcome change. It absolutely, yeah, it absolutely was. It's interesting that you mentioned about the sort of transition there, James, that in the chat that's coming up with Nathan uh, in a short while, he mentions exactly the same thing. And let's just talk about players that have left since then. Uh, one in particular, James Collins. We knew the last time we'd done the podcast when we concluded last season that Collo was leaving and uh, obviously Elijah was coming to replace him. Uh, but it is well worth re-emphasising what a fantastic servant of the club he was over his time, his parting gift was uh, that penalty against Watford. But he'd given us so many gifts along the way, hadn't he? Fabulous player. And, um, you know, hopefully in the fullness of time, people will realise just what a, what a shift he put in for, for those years at Luton. You know, well, anybody that's listened to this podcast knows that we valued him a hell of a lot. You know, he, he scored most of the goals that got into the championship. Top scorer all the time and it but it was his other stuff as well wasn't it? it's his work rate and his uh, defensive work and stuff like that it's, yeah absolutely fantastic player for Luton yeah, probably doesn't I still probably don't think he gets the credit he deserves but maybe maybe he will but um, yeah I think I think you know we've said before I think the the, the writing was on the wall once uh, Adebayo came in and did so well and just kept Collar on the bench I think we all knew that it's probably going to be his final season and nobody begrudges him really because he's almost 30 years old. He's not going to get any quicker, but he still knows where the gold is and that's probably going to be his last decent um, contract and who can blame him? He'd never played in the Championship before he, he got Luton there uh, and now he's, a, he's firmly a Championship player uh, and an international as well. So, you know, I, I wish him all the well except for two games <laughs> next season. Yeah, absolutely. And the important thing there, Tony, like James says, Nobody begrudges him his move. We thank him for the fantastic effort that he put in over the three seasons and uh, three or four seasons. And um, wish him all the well, apart from when Luton play Cardiff. Yeah, totally echo those sentiments. I mean, if you look at it in the time that he was with the club, he, he finished top goal scorer every season, didn't he? And he, he certainly gave us that edge. 
um, you know, to mount challenges in each of the divisions we've been in and enable us to um, press on. I mean, he had a fabulous season when we won the League One title as well. And I think everybody, it's sorry to see him go, but at the same time, we wish him well. And as far as I'm concerned, he's always welcome back at Kenilworth Road. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. Uh, three more, James, that I don't think anyone was surprised about um, leaving, but left the, played a massive role in the last three seasons. Matty Pearson, Kazinga Luwa and George Monker um, all gave us special moments, didn't they? Brilliant service. I mean, obviously, I think Monker will be remembered for that free kick against Portsmouth. Luar Luar for that goal at Hull and Pearson for heading every single thing, whether it's a football or a player or whatever that came within his vicinity. It's just three brilliant players, three brilliant servants. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, for 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 George and, and Luar Luar, I think, again, the writing was sort of on the wall, the fact that they weren't first-team starters. Um, you know, however much people liked them and their obvious talents, um, you know, and, and Luar Luar is in his thirties now, I think. So, uh, you know, if he wasn't sort of breaking in, then he was going to go. But you know, if you look, you look at the signings that they've made, and then they've, they've got replacements for those. Um, and, and Pearson, you know, he, he wore his heart on his sleeve, and he was old school sort, sort of defender. I think the the, the one thing that we spoke about it before, which he did improve uh, throughout last season, uh, but he just wasn't. He, he wasn't top draw on the on the ball. Uh, he was a defender's defender, I think. So um I think the the, the signings that Luton have made and, and the way that they'll want to play, they, they need a bit more of of uh, assurance when a when a player's got the ball. So it, it wasn't a surprise to see him go. Um but you know he's gone back up to near where he near where he's from. So I'm sure he'll be happy with that. Uh, and again, if any of them come well two of them might come back a while I was playing in Turkey now but if they do happen to come back they have stinkers at Kenworth Road and <laughs> their own grounds but uh, yeah they're part of Luton's story aren't they really yeah, if we've run into Luwa this season we've gone on a weird journey haven't we that is uh, for sure Tony Kazenga left us with the goal of the season last season didn't he I know you enjoyed it given who it was scored against but George also gave us some magnificent goals and well Matty Pearson was just as dependable as, as they come wasn't he yeah, um, you know, I, I got a lot of pleasure, as you're well aware, from that goal, um, considering that effectively was the game that relegated them as well. Um, yeah, they, they all three of them have been good uh, good club servants. They certainly played their part for us. But, uh, you know, in, in winning the League One title and um, in helping to keep us in the division, um, they go with all good feeling. Um, but it, 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 it was due... You know, we were due to upgrade the side and improve. Um, I hope they're very successful at their new clubs. Um, apart from when Matty and George come back to Luton, it'll be good to see them. But as James said, I hope they have stinkers. Um, yeah, they're, 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 they've been good servants for us. Uh, but I think definitely when you look at the players we brought in, I think we've upgraded the team. Um, but again, no will will towards any, you know, any of them. Yeah, one, thing you, one, one thing you can say about the three of them going is that, that is the fans are three songs short now, so they're going to have to come out as a new That is also true, James. But um, judging uh, at the Portsmouth game, they come up with some pretty quickly, didn't they, for a couple of the new players, for, for Gomez in particular. 
Yeah, yeah. There's there's enough players to uh, queue up for a song. And uh, just finally on this one, James, I'm sure I'm going to forget some, but um, if I do, I apologise. Ryan Tony Cliff it hasn't actually been confirmed that Martin Craney has gone, but mm. I think it's pretty common knowledge that he's gone. Uh, Brendan Galloway also left, but yeah. he, the Ryan was on the wall there as well. You know, the rumour mill will tell you that. Tunnicliffe undenied a little bit too long, didn't he? And then by the time yeah. he decided that he was staying, we said, no, thank you very much. Um, uh, that's his prerogative, isn't it? And he'll end up playing for Portsmouth and we'll end up moving on. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I think he'll do a good job for them down there. Um, again, in, in midfield, I think we've upgraded again with the players we've brought in. You know, But again, you know, he, he, he was a steady eddy for us. He had his bad periods and everything, but when he was good, he was good. Um, and he scored some vital goals for us as well, to be fair. Um, but again, wish him well. Um, you know, and look forward to what's coming. Absolutely. Speaking of what's coming, I caught up with town boss Nathan James, who is a permanent fixture on our season preview podcast. Uh, I caught up with him earlier this week for a chat. I was in between training sessions, so... Uh, I had to um, rush a little bit, but thankfully Nathan gave me sort of 35 minutes of his time. And here's his thoughts on uh, the past, the present and the future. Nathan, thanks for giving up some of your time. No problem. Good to see you. And yourself. Um, before we get cracking on the football stuff, uh, we've already covered it on this podcast, but just a word on the sad news that came out. Uh, last week about um, legend Mick Harford and his prostate cancer diagnosis. as a real shame, but uh, I mean, if anyone's going to fight this, he's the man, isn't he? Yeah, look, and we obviously found out in December um, and Mick's been living with that, preparing, changing massive parts of his lifestyle in terms of science being an inspiration, really, um, in terms of how how he's gone about it and how he's handled it and it's a fight he knows he's, he's, he knows he's got a fight but he's got he, he's a fighter himself he's, he's you know he's such a resolve and everything plus he's got a lot of good people around him family and people at the club and obviously the support he's had from 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 the club and from the the, the fans has been immense and, and I said he's, he's going to need that but as you, as you have already mentioned if anyone is, is up for a fight then it's uh, it's, uh, it's Big Mick yeah, we really wish him uh, all the best uh, in his fight against that and uh, all Luton fans will be right behind him uh, from start to finish. Um, it's the first time I've had a chance to catch up with you since last season, Nathan. So congratulations on what was a brilliant season. Uh, top 10 finish was just absolutely fantastic. Since then, though, we've lost a few what you would call sort of stalwarts of our success, haven't we? Uh, I'm thinking in particular James Collins, Matt Pearson, Kazengaluwa, and George Moncur, without doing any disrespect to anyone else that left in that time. Just a brief word on those four in particular that, that departed. Well, look, they were tough decisions, um, but they were, they've been, first of all, being fantastic players for us. You know, James Collins has been there the longest. And the others um, uh, arrived in League One, um, but James Collins has been fantastic. Absolutely, we brought him in. We paid, you know, decent money for him four years ago, um, but we brought him in for a certain thing for to score goals to get us promoted, and he did that in in spades in abundance. You know, he he, he was excellent. It was a fantastic pro. And we wish him all the best. 
Um, look, to put a bit of context behind it, we, we, we would have loved James to stay, but they come to a point where we either break our structure or we ask James to, you know, James has to sign for, for something that less he can get elsewhere. So it suited everyone really. And that's why we made the decision early to bring in Elijah so that we, we would have a number nine in, inside the building. And we always knew that we were under threat really. Um, and, and that we would gratefully and gracefully allow James to go to get a, 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 a contract elsewhere, knowing we'd already had his replacement in the building. But that's not to say that we didn't want to keep James or anything. It, it was just a, a, a good decision that, a suit that allowed James to go and get a, a contract that, 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 that sort of mirrored what he's done in the re- recent years. And we've sort of moved on with with certain things and we're able to replace him early. So, you know, it was a decision that that, that, that was made, you know. Um, in terms of Matty, Matty was slightly, slightly different. We did, we did try to keep Matty, but again, Matty wanted to go home. So once we knew that, you know, it wasn't a financial decision. It wasn't anything. Matty wanted to move back up north. He's got a young family. Um, he's, he's bought a house that he's doing up back there and he wanted to go home. They, Ironically, he, he told me he had fears of, of getting in our team, which which was strange considering the amount he had, but like, that was it. So we had a number, um, and, and, and an opportunity to, 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 to get something different because you won't get a better Matty Pearson. So we had to get something different. So that's what we did and we went out and did that. So, And then the other two... The other two basically were having a frustrating time in terms of the minutes that they were playing, and we knew that. So we we allowed those to leave, knowing that it was going to be better for their career. Both contributed massively. Both would have still contributed, but you know, between them, they they probably managed 35, <coughs> 40 games a season, whereas they would like to be doing that singularly. So they'd like, um, but we couldn't give them that. So we knew that we had replacements. We knew that we would want to go out and get something different. And it was the right time to do that. So look, we, we think we've freshened the squad up. We think we've we've added something different. It's not necessarily better, but Elijah's different from, from James. Reese is different from Matty and the and and, and Carlos and, and Fred are different from, from Kazenga and uh, I think plus the other ones we've added. So so we believe we've improved the squad while allowing people that have done fantastically well here to move for their benefit. And despite so much speculation, I mean, it was basically a whole summer full of it, wasn't it? One man who didn't leave was Pelly Rudder-Kampanzu, and I know you think very, very highly of him, as all Luton fans do. Uh, that must have been a great sort of coup when he signed on the dotted line. Yeah, look, we were in regular contact with Pelly. I've got a fantastic relationship, and, and this is the first time, and, you know, it... it, it a lot, lot of people would look at it and think, "Well, did he, did he want to sign? Did he want this? Did he want that?" He, he was honest. Him and his, his and his family and his people were honest. They, they said, "We, we just want to see what's out there." It's the first time we've been out of contract. It's the first time we've been in a position where Pele has had two years the championship player, had two very good seasons. So he wanted to see who's out there. He had a number. He had a lot of interest and and, and, and offers from other clubs. And then he came back and said, these are my offers. This is what we're doing. And then I had further discussions with him and it was decided that he would, he would stay. You know, the board had to fight. We didn't do anything that goes outside our structure. But what we did, we had to make sure that, 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 
the Pelly was 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 wanted here. The Pelly knew his uh, how important he was to us, and and he's made the right choice. Football wise, for me, he's made the right choice because he's still young enough to to, to play in the Premier League, but with continued development here because he just still had one or two little bits to his game. Then he continues. We have to forget. You have to don't forget. He's been in eight, nine years, or however long it is, and improved every single year since he's been here. So, so as long as that continues, then then we'll be delighted and so will Pally. Yeah, I must admit, I was particularly delighted that um, that he signed. I always think back to the Watford game last season, the home game, and he just kind of epitomised everything about both himself and the club, didn't he? That day, he kind of grabbed that game by the scruff of the neck, and we are going to beat this lot. We are going to do it for the fans. This is what it means to all of us. And I know that from being down at the training ground and things like that, he's just such a fantastic figure around the place. But that game in particular, if had we have lost him, it just kind of highlighted what we were losing, really. We, we couldn't really... We, we didn't want to lose him. We didn't... We, no, we, every decision this year, and it's, it's difficult to put too much context into it. I know I've given you a bit of back, back, background, but, you know, we, we, we didn't lose anyone that, that, that we had to keep. Uh, we didn't lose anyone that we had to keep. Pelly, we, we felt we had to keep. I, I probably could have replaced him as a player, something different, but a character and everything around here, you, you can't. Um, he's had some big games for the club. Watford was one of those. You know, he's he's improving. He's such an important figure for everyone. He gels everyone. He's, you know, he's literally like the cement in terms of the squad because he's, <laughs> he spreads himself everywhere. And and that's that's a fantastic thing to have. But it was the right thing to do. Now, we fought hard to get and to keep certain players. Sonny Bradley was one of those that we had to fight hard from from interest from, from elsewhere. And there'd be one or two others that had their contract renewed, like Dan Potts. We're hoping to do that with Cal Nace also. So so look, there's there's a lot of lot of optimism and we've had a, a big, big summer. It's been a tiring summer, you know, the, the work that those involved in 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 recruitment and and signings and the board and Gary and myself to get these over the line has been phenomenal. But we're very pleased with with where we are and what we've done. And we've added certain things into the squad which we felt we needed. So, so yeah, Pelly was really important, but he was just part of the jigsaw that we really, really couldn't couldn't lose. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go through uh, those signings then. Um, so there'll be fans that haven't been to pre-season matches, some that haven't been to all of them and won't have seen everyone. So we start at the back... Um, We've got Reese Burke, and I don't suppose any of us really have seen too much of Amari and Bell because of that silly nonsense that was going ahead uh, in America over the last month or so. Um, just give us a few lines on, in particular, on what we can expect from Amari when he's back and up to speed, but also Reese too. Amari is, is, is gives us real pace and power. He's got good experience, <coughs> um, both of, of League One and Championship football. Did very well at Blackburn, and someone that I I would have liked to have got. A year earlier, but obviously he was under contract with Blackburn, and, and the finances wouldn't have wouldn't have worked in, in in terms of stuff. But he's he's one of him and Reese not the Davis that I felt were the, were the best two attacking fullbacks around. Um, Reese was available, Mari wasn't. Um, so then this summer, when when obviously he was out of contract, and we identified it early and the discussions we'd need, um, you know, we were we were really really pleased to get him. But he's 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 strong. He's he's quick. Athletic, he likes to attack, so he, he you know, in, in theory, takes a lot of boxes for us. And then moving into the midfield, uh, one of the um transfer club signings was Alan Campbell, um, a guy who the rumor mill had you 
interested in for an awful long time. Um, arrived fairly early in the summer, didn't he? I saw on that transfer club thing that Mick had kind of a glint in his eye about that signing. So I'm guessing we've got someone that you all think is a little bit special there. Well, I, I think he's a real productive signing for us, now, whether he's special or whether he's, he, he, he's he done fantastically well. He's of a real good age. He's a box-to-box midfield player that wants to get better. He's a great lad. Um, again, a number of clubs were, were, were really interested in him. Um, someone that can improve is nowhere at his ceiling yet. So he's got a big, big scope. Um, you know, we were delighted to get him. Again, it was a lot of monitoring um, until, until it became respectful that we could approach Motherwell because they finished the season later than us. And, and to be fair to Motherwell, they were an absolute credit to deal with. And then obviously we met his family. We met Alan, we met his family. Um, on a number of occasions, we, we did a, hard, a lot of hard work to, to get his signature, but we're delighted to to sign him. And along with someone like we bring in Henry, um, who's at a different stage in his career, um, you know, we've got some real good balance there with with Henry, with Alan, with with Pelle. You know, we feel we've we've got a strong midfield coupled with the ones that we already got here. And the first signing of the summer was Fred Onyedimma, uh, who Luton fans will probably be familiar with because we've come up against Wickham in just about every season for the last three or four. Um, an exciting attacker who I guess can play all across the attack, but primarily against us, he's played on the left-hand side, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, look, again, Fred, we, we, we tried to get in, in January, um, but, you know... We were very respectful to Wickham and Wickham were, were, were again, good to deal with in, in terms of certain stuff. But we tried to get Fred in, in, in January and it, it wasn't possible. So we backed off knowing that, you know, we already had people like Kazenga, people like George in the building that, that, that could play that position. So um, we didn't want to necessarily overload it. Um, but again, soon as the, 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 soon as it, the, uh, the season finished and soon as, you know, we gave Wickham the breathing space and the respect of, of, of approaching them properly. And then we were able to get the deal done. So we were very excited by him. Um, but I said, he's one we've chased for a while when we knew about from Millwall, his Millwall days, then he's gone to Wickham. Wickham have you know, very good recruitment themselves. They get people at the right time and, and, and play them and develop them. And, and, and it's always a good ground. You know the work that Gareth does there. You know that they have to work hard. So he's got a good work ethic. Um, and we're hoping that we can we can make him even better and make a real potent potent frontman. I've kind of skipped a bit too far forward and have missed out Henry Lansbury, haven't I? Uh, I first remember Henry Lansbury when he came up against us in the JPT final back in two thousand and nine, and I think he played wide right there. But he, speaking to people, he seems to be a more deeper midfielder now. Yeah, look, he's, he's, he's a creative midfield player. That's what Henry is. And he's got good experience, good pedigree and wonderful quality. So we're looking forward to working with him. But um, but no, look, he was a good... He was one we did very early as well. Um, didn't obviously release it straight away, but we um, one we done very early and gives us good experience, good quality, good knowledge, good know-how. And uh, and yeah, and look, we're delighted to, to have got Henry done because he's, he's different from the other midfield players we've got. Yeah, he's looked good in the pre-season games that, um, that I've been to. I think the signing that excited an awful lot of Luton fans was Carlos Mendes Gomez uh, from Morecambe. Obviously, he showed he's got a bit about him when he took the penalty that won Morecambe promotion at Wembley. Those kind of things, you know, you have to have a bit of courage, step up and do. But he also looks like a player who's going to excite us throughout the course of the season. He's a wonderful human being. I got two, 
from meeting from meeting him, I knew that I wanted to sign him. There's two, two actually, him and Admiral, and, and like we can link in both of these, I think. Um, because when I met him and Admiral, I, I had the same feeling when I met Jordan Clark. Um, I just had a feeling there was something different about them. Um, and uh, I said, I've had extensive meetings with both, with Admiral and with with uh, with Carlos as well. And both are exciting players, players that can that, that, that can change a game, players that can drift, players that are quality, players that can get goals. And, uh, and, and, and we're delighted to get them both. And with Carlos, yes, he showed massive character for a young boy, especially with the journey he's been on and, and so on. But we've got to know his family. We've got to know his background, that bringing everything. And, and we really like the story. And, you know, he's, he's part and parcel of us. He is us. And I'm sure he'll be very, very good for, uh, for Luton Town. We had, again, Carlos had three championship clubs that, that, that wanted him. We had to fight off a lot of... A lot of a lot of interest, and um, because we believe this this was the right move for him, and and, and he's come in and he's been excellent. Look, he's he's got some real competition, and and physically he has to develop into into a championship player. But technically, and tactically, and how he how he goes about his work, we're delighted with what we have. Come, <coughs> excuse me, I'll come on to Cameron uh, Jerome in a moment. But the fact that we've signed all of these players who've had competition from other championship clubs does that really give a little sort of emphasis on? the work that we're doing, the club that we are, you know, and everything about who and what we are at the minute. I believe so. And, and believe you me, um, most of them have turned down more money to, from elsewhere to come here because they believe at the stage of their career that it's the right place for them. Now, yes, we'll develop and, and, and want to work with them and make them better, but they obviously have to make us better as well. So, so look, we're delighted with the characters that we've signed because effectively if, if, if someone offers you 20% more than you're going to earn at Luton then and you don't actually know what you're going to get at Luton then then that's a big decision what they believe they get in is is an opportunity to be a top top player now we have a good record of developing players here and and we are going to continue to do that with some that we brought in now not all of them all the new ones will play at the same time because we'll have to bed those in so it might take a month or two before we see everyone starting together but what we have is real options, and coupled with the, we, we had to make sure that we, we had real continuity ones here that that have you know that have really done well for us, and that's why we're delighted in terms of keeping you know James Bree and, and Kioso and Lockyer who have been here, Sonny Bradley, Naismith, Potts have all been here, Pelly's been here, Glenn's been here, um, Cornick, uh, Danny Hilton, they, they've all been here for a while. And Luke Berry and, and, and so on. So we delighted, and then wrapped around those are all the new signings that we believe give us either increased ability and quality or athleticism to make us a better all-round squad, which will make us a better all-round team. So, so no, we're delighted with with the work we've done. I'm not sure we're quite finished yet because there might be a, a bit of few ins and outs, but there might be one more in. But but but, but now we we have to make sure that we trim the squad and everyone keeps moving forward. And that last um, signing that I've yet to mention, Cameron Jerome. Um, in many ways, he's a non-Nathan Jones signing, if if that makes sense, in that he's towards the end of his career, whereas most of your signings are at the start. And, the, you know, I think they all get filed under the young and hungry sort of uh, aspect, don't they? Cameron's a little bit different to that, but he's been there, done it, got every T-shirt that's going. So I'm guessing he'll be useful on the pitch. And I dare say off of it with regards to Elijah as well. Well, it's a real logical signing, and again, after meeting Cameron and, and knowing Cameron from from previous, you know, I played against him. I've come up against him as a manager and a coach, 
And, you know, he's a fantastic athlete, someone a really fantastic pro, really looks after himself, really good around the place. Um, so it ticks a lot of, of our boxes. Yeah, he's at a, a different stage in his career than what we normally bring in. But we brought in people like that, like like Alan McCormack and 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 not she's not to, to, to the same extent that did fantastically well and took us forward in, in, in over a certain period of time. Now, now Cam's one that we're delighted with because, yeah, he will provide real competition for Elijah as a number nine. We've also brought in Admiral that can play in that position. So there's real competition, but there's, there's, there's an elder statesman, if you like, that's experienced, that has knowledge, there's know-how that will help them, that's a great character, that has a real good availability rate, that's really quick and fit. So it is such a logical signing for five or six reasons that, that we're delighted we got him. Again, look at options. He did really well at MK last year. MK wanted to keep him. So the championship clubs that wanted him that, and so on. But after meeting him, and I was convinced that he still has the hunger and desire to do well. And nothing I've seen in the two months that I've known him has diminished that in, in any way. So even though he's not a typical signing, he's a very logical one. And as I said, with the recruitment department we have, we've done all our stats on him on his on the physical side of it, but also in his goals and way. And it's a, it's a really good logical signing, and, and I, I'm really pleased we've done it because he adds real good competition to to an already um, and quality front line. Yeah, it's been a brilliant summer recruitment wise. I mean, I know there's an awful lot of Luton fans out there who were worried about the summer ahead, given the players that we had out of contract that were potentially going to leave, many of whom, as we've already discussed, did leave. But I saw it as an exciting summer in that we could regenerate the squad. We could not go again because it didn't need to go again, but we could build on that fantastic effort last season. And the fact that you had everyone in or nearly everyone in before you started pre season training must have just helped that as well. So the summer really couldn't have gone much better in terms of recruitment. But how have you seen it in terms of pre-season itself? I mean, obviously to us supporters, pre-season is about the games themselves, four wins, a draw and a defeat. Me personally, I don't tend to look too much into them. I remember a Luton side that absolutely walloped Arsenal and then lost like the first five of the season. And conversely, I remember a Luton team that got thrashed by Ajax and then went and won the first 10 of the season. But in terms of the day-to-day stuff of pre-season, how's it been? Yeah, it's been good. Look, it's, the way the world is, it's been a little bit disjointed in the last sort of week or 10 days. But but also there's, there's a number of people at different stages. One, because of the state of the world, but two, because we've had a few away with um, uh, with internationals and, and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, but in terms of creating the environment, creating the culture, we've been able to do that. We've integrated all the new ones pretty much, apart from Amari, who's returned to us, who came to us for three or four days and then returned to us uh, on Monday. Um, so we've, you know, managed to get as, as much as we can done. Um, I, I agree, look, pre-season, you know, I, I've, I've been at, uh, at clubs where I've won every single game and enough in pre-season and have been out of job by November. So um, it, 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 it it, it doesn't. It doesn't. That that's not nothing to be read, read into. But we've managed to put real good structural work down. We've managed to get real good fitness work and really push them. So there'll be a lot with a good base, um, and especially in the way the world is today, with with certain things that can hinder you. Um, so no, it's been a good preseason. I mean, it's going back to the fans worried and so on. Realistically, I I I don't know why they would be worried because I think, and I understand that the the, the 
that there would be sort of apprehension because we've got a number of, of real good people out of contract. But there's always a plan at this football club and we don't necessarily gamble with, with, with certain things and we don't, we're not usually on the back foot. You know, people that, that we've, we've, we knew, we offered contracts to people or we have regular contract contact with certain people that were out of contact. Um, we renew contracts early and we, we're well covered in certain things. And we we look forward, we're always planning for the next window, you know, in, in, in terms of things, and if not, the next two windows. So when they have a number of people at the contract and people don't usually hear anything, you, things are well in, in thing. We're not sporadic recruiters here. We never have been. If you look back at our recruitment from, from the time, and I can only say from the time we came in, you know, our first window we had, Signed the likes of Danny Hilton, Johnny Mullins, who were who were real good players for, for, for the level. You know, we, we signed Sheehan Permanent, we signed Glenn Ray, that really did well for us. The next window, we signed Jack Stacey, James Collins, Luke Berry, um, Andrew Shinney, Elliot Lee. We signed Isaac Bissell previously and so on. So we had good windows. And then when we got promoted... We didn't need much, but we signed two centre-halves. We signed Matty Pearce and Sonny Bradley, who have been here. So all the time there's planning on what we need. And sometimes we need stuff, sometimes we need a little bit more. But we very rarely gamble and we very rarely do sporadic things. The only time we ever had to knee-jerk was when we we, we were at the top of the league and, and, and had a pick few injuries in terms of around the January window. And we signed Jake Jervis and, and, and Lloyd Jones. Those were signings that that we would have waited to make, but we needed to make them then because of injuries to the squad and give us a push to get us promoted, which happened. They didn't necessarily work out, but we always had that squad in place to get us promoted, so they were. And at no point have we ever gambled or done sporadic recruitment in terms of stuff. So I know that people think, well, there's a lot of good ones out of the contract, but they have to trust. They have to trust the process and what we do and, and so on. And very rarely have we ever let fans down with, with signings. They've gone can't believe we've had a bad window here, bad window there, because we've always looked to improve the squad and the team in every window. And I think we've done that. Yes, we've lost some big players, notably Matty and and and, and James Collins um, and Keenan as well was a big player for us last year. But we brought in different things elsewhere. And then it's been reliant now on people to step up because Matty was a big player. If we needed a right back to defend or we needed a, a centre-off to defend, I could play him in either position. Now we've got specialists in those positions that need to step up. James Collins' goals have been vital over the years. Um, last year, he's probably got eight and, and five penalties. So we have to replace that. But it's, it's a time for Harry Cornick to step up. We only scored one last year. Now, if he can score more goals, then we're already more potent. Elijah has to get that eight to ten that the Carlo scored. Then we've got Cameron, we've got Musquay, we've got Fred, we've got Carlos Mendes, Gomez, midfielders after jump. So all these things, we're just asking people now to step up while improving the athletes and improving the squad, we think, as a whole. Um, because we believe we've got more goals in us now. You know, George and, and Kaz scored two each. A lot where that would have been a time on the pitch. So as long as we replace those things, centre offs have to score from set plays. We have to we have to do all those things. Pelly, or we want Pelly to step up and score five, seven goals. So we're asking people to, to now step up and, and be better while constantly moving forward. And, and, and we believe we've, we, we, we've done that. We haven't lost anyone. You think, wow, we can't replace them because Colo, 
Matty, they will be difficult to replace, but we have replaced them with either something different um, or better in certain areas. So let's see. That improvement each window is kind of emphasised with results, really, isn't it? I mean, every season you've been here, we finished higher than we did the season before. And, you know, fingers crossed, that's that's the case this season. Is that realistic to finish higher than what we did last season? It has to be our aim. Look, we had, we had, a, we had a, a realistic season. We felt we should have finished higher last year as well. Finished 12th, but we felt we should have been higher. And one more win would have would have made would have made us higher. You know, we, we we finished the last three games without a win because we drew with Barrow, we drew with, with Rotherham, um, and lost away to QPR. I mean, in all three, we, we could have won all three games. Um uh, and so in that in that case, we would have probably end up in ninth in the league. But I think tenth would have been would have been a true reflection of our season last year of where we were at and where we should have been so to better that is a big and tall ask but we have to strive to do that first and foremost we have to make sure that we are still in the championship in in a, in a year's time because that's the ultimate goal of moving forward um, but we like pushing boundaries here so so to say yes we're going to I can't say that I knew we'd finish higher last year than we did the year before I was very confident of that. This year, the margins could be, we could have a fantastic season and, and finish 12th. You know, we could have 69 points and finish 12th. It's, it's feasible. But what we will do is, is, is push those boundaries because we would like to improve the position. We'd like to improve our points tally. And, and we'd like to keep moving forward because, as you said, we have managed to do that year in, year out. Do you see the championship? I mean, the championship's always difficult, isn't it? But do you see it being a, a harder league this year? I'm thinking there were a few sides last year that maybe underperformed compared to what you would expect of them. You're not in forests of this world and maybe one or two that finished above us that, I don't know, maybe were surprise packages, maybe your Reddins of this world. But do you see overall it being a harder division this year? No, I think that every single year the Championship's a hard league, it really is. Ones have gone up, you know, Norwich, Brentford were, you know, real, real good footballing sides. Watford was strong. They had, you know, big budget big players, strong. And I think that's similar to what's come down, you know, in, in terms of real West Brom will be strong. Um, Sheffield United, you think will be strong in football and, and Fulham will be will be a similar to an orange in terms of football inside. Uh, I, I think it's it's still got the same big sides in it in terms of Bournemouth and so on. Um, yeah, someone like Nottingham Forest, you'd expect to be in a better position, but you just never know. You know, you didn't expect Sheffield Wednesday to be in that position last year. All right, they had a points deduction, but after it was reduced, you, you don't expect second to win enough games. Derby, you expect to, you expect it to be a big side. You know, so there's, um, uh, uh, there's is it's such a, a crazy league and such a difficult league to gauge that you don't know. I mean, on paper, every side, you, you look at your first 10 fixtures and you think, wow, you know, that's a tough, tough start. But everyone will say exactly the same. Every single team will say, wow, that's a tough start. It's tough going to, to Barnsley. It's tough going to, to West Brom. It's tough coming to Luton. It's tough going to Bournemouth. It's tough playing Bournemouth at all, Fulham at all. Whatever it is, it, it, it's a tough league. So I don't expect it to be any harder. Um, uh, I, I do expect I think League, league One could be a standout league in terms of being harder because of, of the way that to get out and finishing the top two of that league is one of six you know two or six teams because they've a lot spent money I think League One spent more than Championship that's that's a crazy thing so so no I don't expect it to be harder I expect it to be hard very hard 
but not harder because I, I know the championship and it's a cruel, hard, tough, fantastic league. You mentioned the start of the season. I mean, I'm sure I speak for thousands of Luton fans that um, we've looked forward to Saturday for coming on 18 months now. Was it important that we were at home first game of the season with that in mind, that crowds are back in full capacity for the first time? Don't know, you know. Ask, ask me at five o'clock on Saturday, and it, it can it can be. But it, it, it's look, it's important we get fans back because fans are the lifeblood of any club. Football's better with fans. It's the atmosphere is better with fans. The fact you can go in the dugout is better. The changing rooms, no, not changing in a bar in, uh, you know, Sheffield Wednesday or wherever it is, is 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 so much better. So so look, it, it's it is delighted. The fact we're at home, look, we'll take that. Um, it, 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 it'd be nice to get off with a start the season with a real win and, and, and things and, and, and continue that because I said this is a real tough month in, in, in August coming up with some sides, you know, Sheffield United, uh, West Brom, uh, you know, even Birmingham, Barnsley, tough, tough games. So, so we know we've got a tough, tough month, but we'll, we'll, be, we'll be ready and we'll, we'll, we'll be right up for it. And you know, it's an exciting time. Just, uh, just one more on Saturday. We have to calm the players down a little bit because there's obviously going to be an atmosphere of a, almost a cup final atmosphere isn't there fans certain fans in that ground on Saturday won't have been to Kenworth Road for 18 months you know it's there's going to be that Kenworth Road atmosphere and some I suspect will players need calming down a little bit because they've not been used to that for 16, 17 months or so or will you just embrace that and you know, I think we've had, we've had two games now as well as a little prep you know in terms of Portsmouth and Brighton games and, and, and so on what what we want we want a full house we want a rousing atmosphere but we want them to give them a performance that keeps it rousing and, and keeps us on the front foot and, and so on so so look I, I'm not sure I'll have to calm down I don't think we have any you know any idiots here that, that, that go above and beyond but what we will have is is, is a side that's hard working front footed and and I said, we'll, we'll want to start the season well. Just one last one before I let you go. We've got an awful lot of young players at the club. Uh, you mentioned a couple of them earlier with Osho and um, Kioso. There's Dion Pereira and a few others that you've given um, minutes to in pre-season, like Sam Beckwith, uh, the goalkeeper, Horlick as well. I mean, how's things going on the academy front and the, the under-21 squad, or under-23 squad, sorry, the development squad? Are you happy with how that's progressing? Yeah, it is. And we're starting to get a nice settled development squad. Now we've used one or two, as we said. Some will go back into that. Some will go out on loan and, and then we'll keep try to keep everyone moving forward. But we're very pleased. It's important that we, we strive to get cut too because that gives us a better games programme. It gives us a better sort of um, a chance of recruiting you know, younger players if men around the area. Um, and it gives us facilities then to really push push the younger players on. So, so look, the academy's in a good good position. We're very proud of how, how we develop younger players here, as, as we can see, because there's a lot of, of ones come through Luton Academy that are playing either Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two, Scottish Premier League football. And, and, and we're very proud of that. And we have to continue that because no, we can't produce everyone for Luton Town. But what we have to do is is produce everyone to or produce as many as we can to have the career, uh, uh, you know, a professional career. And the club has got a good record of doing that. Yeah, it, it absolutely has. Nathan, I've taken up um, an awful lot of your time. I really appreciate that. After last season and not being able to go to anything but one game, really looking forward to this season. I really wish you the very, 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 very best of luck this season. and look forward to uh, following your progress. Thanks again for your time and all the best. Cheers. Thank you. Good to speak to you. 
Again, the gents, as I've just been through with Nathan, we signed eight players, I think it is in total, if we uh, exclude Pelle as a new signing and Harry Astrid as a new signing and, and all of that. Uh, quick thoughts on um, on what we've got. Uh, we'll do them in positions, really. So, James, we'll start with Reese Burke and Amari Bell. To be fair, I mean, Nathan gave us an update on Bell, but none of us have seen Amari Bell because he's been away at that stupidly arranged um, Gold Cup. But Reese Burke looks a decent prospect. Yeah, he's you know from the West Ham Academy, isn't he? So he's, he's going to be of a certain level. Um, they obviously had to strengthen in the centre back roles, um, uh, you know, because you know what we saw on on Saturday when the three of them are out, they have to play Glenn Ray in there, and uh, you know Naismith can do it. We've seen that, but he's, he's better suited to have a position. So he wants some proper centre half. Say he wants some cover. And um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting one because I don't, I probably don't see him as a, as a first starter in the, in the uh, centre half positions. But you know, I've not seen him yet, um, so maybe he will. You know, who knows? Tony, you saw him at Hitchin, I think. Um, what did what did he look like? He looked quite comfortable, actually. Good on the ball. Um, it will be. Well, the real test of it is, is you know, from Saturday onwards to, to how he'll cope with it. But it's not as if he hasn't played in the Championship before. He's experienced. And I, and I think with him, it, it, it is an upgrade because with all due respect to Matty, um, he wasn't exactly what you would call a ball-playing centre-half, was he? Um, and I think that's what we've done with bringing Burke in. We, yeah, as James said, we're bringing in cover, but we're also bringing in players who can play a bit as well, which is good. So I, I, I think he's a useful addition. Yeah, I do too. And uh, listening to Nathan there, uh, he's been chasing Amari Bell for a year. So obviously he highly rates him and hopefully um, he hasn't come back too fatigued from America and he can um, hit the ground running fairly quickly. Um, James, I always think when Mick Harford has a glint in his eye about a transfer that you've got a special player, as I just mentioned to Nathan, uh, he kind of played it down a little bit, but uh, there's, there's a lot of vibes that Alan Campbell's going to be a very good player for, for the town. Yeah, um, and I've heard a lot of good noises from other people who um, aren't necessarily town fans, but uh, I'd seen him play. I don't watch a great deal of Scottish football. You might be surprised to, don't blame to, me to, be fair. to, to know. Um, but I moonlighted on another podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Ukrainian. We get a transfer fee for this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's in Ukraine. It's uh, you'd have to you'd have to get an interpreter. But um, uh, yeah, the, the the guy there who's an English fellow lives out in Ukraine, but he um, he watches a fair bit of it and needs to be seen in a lot, and he, he rates him quite highly. So you know, it's all they're, they're all good noises, aren't they? But you have to you know, the proof's in the pudding, I suppose. But um, uh, you know, Millwall fans, not Millwall, Motherwell fans were obviously sad to see him go, and if that's that's usually a good sign. He does, yeah. he, he does show a lot of potential there. And actually, the games that I've seen him play, he actually reminds me of a young Alan McCormick. And and you know, if right. he, if he if he goes into on to develop uh, into half the player McCormick was, I, th- I think we've got a very good, very good addition there. 
Well, yeah, if he does a there. slide in tackle from halfway across the pitch on Kenilworth Road, then I think <laughs> the fans will instantly take to him. Yeah, give him time, give him time. <laughs> he sure. was um, likened as a box to box midfielder, wasn't he? So maybe yeah. that's something that we actually lacked um, before we came in. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how he goes. There's a lot of exciting attackers that have come into this club in the summer, isn't there? I mean, we spoke about Fred Onyedima at the end of season podcast last time because he'd signed so soon. So we won't touch on him. We'll just be going over all territory. But a really exciting signing, James. Um, one which was the worst kept secret in the whole of the world, wasn't it? I think everyone had actually announced it before the transfer club fund fax machine broke everyone's ears and um, <laughs> and announced it himself it was Carlos Mendes Gomez. Um, I mean, I've seen him play at Bedford, admittedly only Bedford, but you can tell a player just by the body shapes and the skills that he's got. And this guy looks a real player. He does. He scored a few goals as well. It's going to help his confidence. I mean, I've I've missed all of pre-season apart from Saturday against Brighton because of I mean, COVID pings and stuff like that. So I've had to sit it out. So I've not seen any of, any of him in real life other than the highlights. But when um, he came on on Saturday against Brighton, there was one piece of tricky trickery which left an Albion player on his ass, and you just thought, well, that's why they've not uh, kept Luaruar because that's what he used to be able to do. So if you can do that, but then add a few more goals than than Cavs, then yeah, definitely. So yeah. he's good. Like I say, he scored an absolute screamer at Bournemouth Wood. What a goal that was! You know, and he, 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 you're right. He's, he's got that trickery in his in his locker, and he's also got a bit of pace on him as well. So. It looks so exciting with that guy. I think it's also, um, as well, a bit of uh, uh, on the mentality on the mentality side. Obviously, something to prove because he's such he's, in his journey. He's, his his journey in life, let alone football, has been quite uh, quite the thing, quite the tale. So, uh, I'm sure everybody's heard it by now. But um, you know, he's he's had to move countries and drop down divisions and stuff and now finding himself with this chance I think it's mm. one of those ones where he looks quite a humble guy but ready to sort of grab it there was one incident um, that impressed me at first when he played at Hitching um, we were attacking and they broke and we were we were um, very short at left back and he went flying down that wing uh, no, sorry, not, uh, not left back, right back. He went flying, covered, and did the the, the right back's job. And I thought, you know, pre-season friendly, mm. the first one, and he's doing things like that, and he'll be back and covering. And you can see him doing that anyway in, in his game. And I thought, I was so impressed with him. So impressed with him. He's one of those ones as well, isn't he, that uh, the club have made... Uh, made it known on a number of the signs that other clubs had come in for them for these players and offered more money. Mm. So there's something that they like about the Luton project, which bodes well really. It means you're not going to like get in a boatload of mercenaries really. Mm. Yeah, I exactly. think it was within within ten minutes of seeing him at um, Bedford I'd messaged you, hadn't I, James, to say that we've got got a player here. It's just the way he's skipping challenges and Ball never leaves his feet. He's obviously got a great shot on him. He showed that at Bedford, as Tony said. He showed it at Boreham uh, Wood as well. He, he looks a really, really, really exciting prospect. And I'm, I, I, I'm I not- think... Sorry, Kevin, I, I interrupted you, mate. I was going to say, I just, you know, with these players that are coming in and they're stepping up a level like Campbell, like Gomez, they're going to need time to adjust to the pace of the championship. 
because with the, the greatest will in the world, what we've done in pre-season training is not the league campaign. And they're, they're going to, you know, need that bit of adjustment time. So I just hope Luton fans will give them that. Yeah, it'd be interesting if um, Mendes Gomez starts. I would imagine Fred would start on that left wing, wouldn't he? And then Mendes Gomez replace him. And Well, but, whoever the right back... Fred looks good as well. He really does. Whoever the right back is against us this season, going to have to untie their legs out of a few knots at the end of the 90 minutes, <laughs> and, aren't they? Because... And the thing I like about that is Fred seems to be linking well with uh, Elijah as well. That looks good. Yeah. Yeah, there's loads of positives down that left-hand side. Really looking forward to seeing how that progresses this season. Uh, James, two other signings that have come in. and I, I know I'll have missed someone, but I'm pretty sure I haven't. Uh, Admiral Musqui, um from Leicester, which was a bit of a surprise, um, but then it happened very quickly. And Cameron Jerome. Jerome isn't a Nathan Jones signing, as I put to him just now. Um, but obviously he highlighted the fact that experience um, is needed, like we got with McCormack to a lesser extent with Alan Sheehan. Uh, under Nathan Jones as well. And he'll be a really good foil for Elijah Adebayo. I, I don't think anyone expecting anyone but Adebayo to start the season. But, you know, if anything happens or if he needs a sounding board or whatever, Jerome seems to fit the bill. Yeah, that's the only one that really surprised me, actually, um, because of the age profile of most of the signings. Um, but, you know, he's he's still got a bit of pace. Oh, um, he's, he's very quick, James. Yeah, and still. he's... And he's a unit as well. So it, mm. if you need someone up there to keep hold of the ball and hold it up, then he's, he's going to do a good turn. He obviously knows where the goal is as well. He's, he's done it at a Premier League level. So um, I think, yeah, I think it's quite a shrewd move in if you think about the experience that Luton have lost, um, which you will need when you've got such a young side and you can, you know, Elijah is still pretty raw and he's still pretty young, so you need somebody to help guide him. And that's probably he got probably got that off off Colo last season, but with, with him gone, then that's another sort of role that you wouldn't necessarily see because it'd be training ground stuff, but something that probably Jerome can can help fulfil and, and, and help um, mm. Elijah. You know, he's Elijah's pretty good at holding the ball now. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But um, it's always good to you know learn of people that have done it year in year out for more than a decade, isn't it? So um, you know, I think he's got something to prove as well. I think that's a key. It's a key factor in all of these um, signings. You know, he's had to. He went away to Turkey and then he had to drop down to that team down the road. Up the road. Oh, you mean the last season when you dropped out of football altogether? Yeah, yeah, for an entire season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's back in the land of the living. So, mm. um, but, you know, in that regard, I think uh, it is probably a shrewd move. I think probably, mm. that, 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 there's that thread throughout this transfer business that I really like. He's done it at the highest level as well. Yeah. He's, he's a good goal scorer, Jerome. And I think he's got a lot to offer us as well. And actually, we're going to be involved in some big matches this season, aren't we? Mm. Particularly if the progression that Nathan just spoke about is to happen. We're going to be in some big matches. We've got a young squad, so we're going to need some experienced heads. If not on the pitch, then on the bench to kind of guide everyone through. I think I think it's a great signing. I really but do. It's, I, I know it's options as well, isn't it? Because really, mm. in terms of goal scoring options coming off the bench, uh, you know, you had you had George and Kaz that could put up, you know, uh, put out a cracker every now and again, but. 
there wasn't much more in terms of goal options coming off the bench a lot of the times last season. I think they've upped the ante on that markedly mm. this season. There's there's more all-round firepower that they can call on, whether it's starting or, or bringing someone else on to change a game. So mm. it's, it's good stuff. The, uh, the other one, Tony, is um, Admiral Muscoy, who really we haven't seen an awful lot of it pre-season. He came in sort of, he was the last one in, wasn't he? Um, but if he's even 20% as good as the last fellow that arrived from Leicester, well, he'll be some sort of player, wouldn't he? Yeah, I, I, I'm impressed with him. Another one I'm impressed with him in the the appearances he's made. He's looked good in, in when he's come on. He's put himself about. Um, he gets stuck in. As James has said, he's another unit like uh, Jerome. So it, it, it looks like uh, we've upped the anti on the physical side of things uh, for the forthcoming season. And again, he's got a bit of pace as well. And he, he you know, he, he, he looked useful against us when he, when he played for uh, Wickham against us at the end of the season, a game that we won, I should mention, in case I haven't mentioned it. <laughs> and, the, and, and the fact that he effectively relegated them as well. So, um, you know, he did look useful in that. So I, I, I think it's great to see that we've got so many options. Um, and I, I'm so looking forward to this season. It's untrue. He, um, he did look useful against us, but... I'd love to have been a fly on the wall in the dressing room when he walked in for the first day after he'd like conned us out of that penalty uh, there Did, place. He, he said that in his interview, didn't he? He said that uh, Cal Naismith said to him that as he walked in, the first thing he said was that was a great dive. <laughs> <laughs> when then he said, well, if I can do that this coming season, that'd be great. You know, and yeah, they've changed it, the it, rules it, now, it, don't they? Yeah, it, it was it was a dive. I don't, you know, it wasn't a penalty, it was a dive. But that's in the past. I don't know if I have if I've mentioned it or not, but they got relegated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just once or twice. That was all. Uh, yeah. James, he hasn't. He's not a new signing, but the most important thing is he hasn't left. He's still here. We weren't sure if he was going to be. There was an awful lot of Willie, won't he? It went on so long that it was longer than like a soap opera. But Pelly Rudakampanzu is still a Luke Town player. He's going to make it past 300 appearances. He's going to further cement his legendary status at the club. I, for one, am absolutely delighted that he's re-signed. How do you see it? Oh, same boat, Kev. Uh, particularly as I thought he'd gone, to be honest. You know, I think mm. he was all done by the shouting. I um, think we all did, James. I think yeah. we, all, we all thought he was gone. So, um, you know, when they announced it, a bit late at night as well, I think, what, seven o'clock at night or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm glad he stayed. You know, his age now is where you would sort of see it as a prime time for a footballer's career, wouldn't you? So he's sort of got a kick on, which is why probably you could have understood if he went somewhere else. Um, you know, probably it's not it's not it's not quite colo territory where he's you know last contract. But um, you know, if he probably could have made it somewhere, then you know, fair play. I'm glad he stayed, um, and I think a lot of people are glad he stayed because he's he, he's he's such a favourite. Uh, you know, having said that, you know he's he still he's still got things to improve. You know, when when he's good, he's he's sensational, as we saw against Watford, kind of throw. But when he has you know five or six stinkers, um, I, you'll never know whether that was sort of a, a factor. But you know, 
you know, Luton fans are, are used to that and he's got that sort of longevity and legendary status. But, you know, if he, if he went to a bar or a Blackburn and, you know, he, he, he takes five games to get into a season and, and can't trap a bag of sand, um, would they have... Would they have appreciated that and got on, and he wouldn't have the same sort of love? So, you know, often we say that, you know, for footballers, it's a job, um, and they'll, they'll go where they're paid the most. But sometimes it's nice to think that they might know where they're really appreciated, and, and that that seems to sit well with me. They don't think- crack bags of sand in Middlesbrough, balls in the air all the time in Middlesbrough, so they won't be trapping nothing <laughs> up there, don't worry. You're, you're, not, you're, you're not Danny Gray in Colin, are you? Well, <laughs> that, that, mar- that marvel of football or the aestheticness, mm. no, absolutely, absolutely mm. not. Tony, to be fair to him, as um, Nathan alluded to just then, the fellow had the right to look around and see what was out there for him, and he's given us yeah. eight years of fantastic service, hardly missed a game in the last four or five seasons. Carried us in that Watford game, as I um, as I alluded to with Nathan. Just been an all round great player. He, he he was entitled to go and have a look at what was out there, but he's chosen us, and yeah, that's fantastic. Definitely, um, you know, yeah. I I think if he'd have signed for somewhere else, I don't think he he'd have been begrudged that or whatever. But um, no, it, it 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 is good that he decided to stay. I mean, not just. For what he does on the pitch, it's what he brings to the club and the dressing room and the things around it because he is a character. Half the time you have trouble understanding what he's saying, but he's he's got he's got a great sense of humour. He's a character, and you know on the plus side on the pitch, yeah, when he's on song, he's unplayable. They can't stop him when he's on when he's on song, and uh, he he just needs to fulfil that potential more more often that's what's needed in his games consistency i mean but it's great to see him because you know over the recent history of the club the the story of 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 pelly is the story of luton town you know he's he's come up with us from the conference days he's adapted and played at each level and he hasn't looked out of place at each level yeah and he's like everything, like every player, they, they make mistakes, you know, they don't they make errors, they don't do it deliberately. But I think what he brings all round to the club is 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 worth certainly worth having. You know, it'd be interesting and, to see where he plays now, isn't it? Because uh, you know they, 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 he left to up his game because there's a hell of a lot of competition in that squad now. Yeah. I mean he's not he's never renowned as a, a goal scorer, you know, yeah. The ones he does score is obviously we will know about. But uh, wait, I'm looking forward to some of Pelly's bangers this season. <laughs> yeah, aren't we? Oh, yeah. I thought it was interesting actually. The, the comment that I took out that Nathan Jones chat the most was he could replace Pelly the footballer, but he can't replace Pelly the character, or at yeah. least he can't replace it as easily as he can replace him the footballer. And I thought oh, that was hmm. that was pretty telling. We've all been to the training ground. We've all seen him in and around, and we all completely understand. What he's mentioning these signings. The best thing about all of them, James, is how bloody early they came in. And I know yeah. Nathan alluded to in that chat that there's one more to come in, but you get the feeling that even when that person comes in, we've tracked him for an awful long time, so we'll know everything that he's got to offer, and it'll just be a case of getting up to speed, and then he gets going. But the, to have everyone apart from Pelly, who was already here anyway, in as early as possible, I can't, I can't actually remember that happening before. Even when we've gone through the transfer windows and we've come out of it in a really positive place, 
we've still had the last couple of pieces of business on deadline day, haven't we? That's just mm. re- reinforced that this time around. They were all in before pre-season started. It was absolutely fantastic. Mm. It's so important, I think, that, uh, you know, for any team, that you need to get the, your new players to jail. If you're going to sign eight new players, a lot of work needs to be done to you know, bring them up to speed. And I and think even, it was important this summer, wasn't it, because of the players that we knew that were going as well. Yeah. You know, there was a little bit of anxiety. And I don't like using that word in the modern world, but there was a little bit of anxiety, wasn't there? Oh, we're losing Colo, we're losing Pelly, as we thought, we're losing... Pearson, we're losing Tony Cliff, if you like, you know, a couple of others. It was going to be a big summer, but every one of the recruitment team were like, no, here's your players. And within three weeks, they were done. Yeah, uh, and that really is, it should should be. I think, you know, we've praised the Luton Town you know, transfer team, the recruitment team to the Hilt, and, and they've, they've done it again, really. I mm. think, you know, they, they, they deserve the, the right, to for you to give these players some time to to gel in and, and bed in and hopefully they do it quickly because they got them in so quickly and they've they've been in and around the camp. You know, they're they're signed specifically for the, the, the roles that they think they might need. So that is also a bonus. Um it, it's just it is still so important for Luton to do that, to try and get gains on other teams because as much as we might say that they now feel like a established championship team, they're still, uh, you know, batting against the odds in terms of other clubs being able to outspend them. So they've got to try every you know, method they possibly can to, you know, start start on the B of the band, so to speak, um, of the first game. And um, uh, you know, let's hope they do. Hmm. Someone's been watching the Olympics, haven't they? Yeah, be of the bang and all this, that and the other. Yep. Tony, um, you know, to get that, to, James is absolutely right. We're still, you know, we're still a small fish in a ridiculously large-sized ocean. And, you know, hopefully clubs with, 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 with the reviews and everything that's going on in football, hopefully that will come to an end in the next season or two. I'm not going to cover that in this podcast. We'll do that in another one. Hmm. sort of down the line but Derby are already seeing the signs of it all going tits up so maybe they're a sign of what is going to happen but that's not going to happen with us because the foresight the planning and everything else is just fantastic but this summer in particular it just seems like even better than before and that that was saying something really yeah it is I mean you, you, you look at it because we're in the position at this present time that we can't compete financially with the big boys in this division, we have to do things a little bit differently. We have to attract players in other ways. And, and it's just showing you the 2020 way is the correct way of doing it. As we know that some of these players have been chased by other clubs and turned down more money to come and join us, which is um, fantastic and very complimentary to what our recruitment team in 2020 are doing. But the three of us are quite lucky because we're in a slightly advantageous position than your average supporter in the fact that I'm not saying we know who's coming in and what names they are, but we do have an inkling that the the, the, the recruitment team of, uh, and Nathan, Mick and everything are working on these players. And, and, and we've, we've been told that, you know, players are being lined up. We're working on them. And you, we don't know like any other fan until the day it's announced, 
but it makes me wonder you know already i'm thinking who are we bringing in the january transfer window because you know they're going to be working on players already um and i i think it's an exciting time really exciting time to be a luton fan the last time i felt like this um was tip pleats team uh, at the start of the 81 82 season where you knew you just had such a good team that had just finished sixth place in in the in division two what is now the championship and we went on to romp away with the, the old second division title the following season now i don't think we're going to do that but i think we're going to be competing uh better we have far better quality in our side and it, it, it it's just fantastic I'm, I'm so impressed with with some of the signings that have come in and and, and the fact that they've chosen us you know where, where they could get more money and you, you're not telling me that Pelly couldn't have got more money at Middlesbrough, more money at Blackburn. And the fact that he's chosen to sign again for us, I, I think it speaks volumes for this club. Just wrapping up this sort of transfer section then, James, I mean, the overriding thing that I've taken out of all of these transfers, with the exception of Jerome, who is an anomaly, as we, as we mentioned, and as I mentioned to Nathan, but the, all of the others, they're young, they're athletic, they could gel and grow together for an awful long time. It's almost like that team that Nathan put in place in League Two with the aim of getting not just into League Two, but being able to play in League One and the Championship. It feels like he started that again from the Championship to get ready to play the upper echelons of the Championship. And who even knows, maybe even the so-called promised land. Yes, and he, he they've still got the basis of the defence that, was the was this you know the bedrock of last season's success so what you need to do now if that if that is going to continue and you hope it will hopefully we'll see Lockyer a bit more as well is they need to start scoring more goals and, and be a bit more adventurous going forward now we saw that towards the end of last season anyway and I think that was you know begun at the signing of Adebayo I think he probably um, progressed a bit quicker than everybody was expecting but you know that that's that's great all round. Nobody's going to quibble about that. But there's there's no doubt that there's there's a name to sort of move back to that swashbuckling side that they had in the uh, League Two, League One season. And um, you know all the signings that they have made and the the, the attacking options have now got pace as well. If you think about it, we didn't have had a lot of pace last season. Um, yeah, it, it really does bode well. And competition as well. So it's not, there's, you know, if you're thinking Carlos Mendes Gomez and, and Anya Dinma as wingers, uh, they could probably play either side as well. Um, uh, it, it's just, it, 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 it shows to me that it's an inkling that we may start getting back to that sort of, that width that Luton had and those, those flying wingers or wing backs, however he chooses to deploy those players. Um, and that, I think every Luton fan's got to be excited about that. Yeah, excited is the word. Absolutely, it is. Let's move on to pre-season, Tony. I'm not going to go through all the games one by mm. one like we would do the regular season because largely pre-season friendlies are a load of bollocks and they're just for... Uh, just Say for it players. as it is, Kev. Say it as it is. They are, aren't they? Just for players yeah. to run out. I mean, uh, you know... Anyone who takes a pre-season friendly result to heart really needs to get a life sort of thing. But two things that I've taken out of pre-season, 
the first Jordan Clark, or mm. should I say Lionel Messi? Um, <laughs> he's just been absolutely amazing in preseason. It to be he was very very good last season, wasn't he? But he's clearly kicked on. He, he, he looked good on Saturday, Kev. He looked good yeah. on Saturday against Brighton. Which he was the best player, right. and he came yeah. on at half time. So, yeah, he's he kicked on though, hasn't he? I mean, he's scoring goals for absolute fun. Um, maybe that was a criticism of him last season, wasn't it? That he could have got more goals. Someone's obviously said to all of these attacking players that have come in, if you want to be in this side, your um, currency is goals, and if you haven't got them, then you know you're not you're not going to get in. Because even Harry Corning scoring goals, and you know, obviously Elijah scoring and. Sorry, Man. can you say that again? I, 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 you said Cornick was scoring goals. I know. mean, to be fair, the defender gave him a, such a great assist that he couldn't miss, but he's still scoring goals. Hmm. Um, you know, and then you've got Carlos who's scoring goals. You've got Fred who's setting them up. It's just, it's just, it's just so good to see. But Jordan Clark in particular deserves a, a real special mention because yeah. he's just come back absolutely on fire. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it looks great. There's a lot of potential. As I said, you know, it might not happen straight away. It, you know, it, it needs time for this, this team to get to know each other and to use the classic expression to gel. They just need a bit of, of uh, patience and being allowed to do that. And, and I think if the supporters give them that time, um, I think it will be re- repaid in spades. The, the thing that I'm finding so interesting about this at the moment is, um, you know, I think it's we're only allowed to nominate 25 players mm. uh, to play, and uh, which means there's got to be some movement out as well. Not necessarily permanent, but on loan. Interesting to see who will be moved out as well, I think. But no, I think... Everybody's got the right to be optimistic at the moment. I'm certainly more optimistic going into this season than I have been for the past two. So it's great. The other thing, James, that's caught my eye throughout these preseason matches, you are sometimes you're left wondering what formation we're going to play, don't you? I mean, we mm-hmm. switched between probably about 20 formations in the last three seasons. It's been like matching up other sides and this and the other. But you now sense that we are going to play 4 3 3 with two genuine wingers and Adebayo, and there is going to be a much stronger emphasis, not to the point that we're going to completely abandon defence like we clearly did under Graham Jones, but there is going to be a much stronger emphasis on attacking and playing in the opposition's half and winning the ball high up and entertaining. And that's exactly what all of us want to see. Yeah, I think so. I think we've been, you know, in the recent past, been brought up on that, uh, really, uh, you know, whatever teams you've seen before that, it was such a thrill ride, wasn't it? We, we want that sort of football. And it, it was understandable that you had to go for a bit of pragmatism, um, particularly when Nathan came back uh, and to, to yeah. try and keep them up. Last season, it was it was, it was was build from the back, keep clean sheets, uh, you know, nick 1-0 wins away. But then towards the end of the season, they were able to be a bit more expansive when there was very slim chances and then ultimately no chance of them slipping through the trapdoor. So, um, yeah, it, it is that, it is that progress that we, we, we want to see. Um, and, you know, we, we hope we do on the, on the Jordan Clark thing. I mean, I, I only saw, as I've said before, I've only seen the Brighton preseason game, but although he scored lots of goals in preseason Clark, what I saw in, against Brighton was, a creative spark as well. He was 
slipping balls through, his crosses were good. Um, and you're going to need that, that sort of tricky. He's, he, he strikes me as a player that Nathan Jones likes very much. And he's, he, he's been told by Jones probably that he's the bee's knees since he arrived. And it might, he's such a humble guy. It might take a while to sort of sink into his psyche. And maybe that has worked. Um, you know, he's, he's naturally gifted player anyway, because his stats at Accrington Stanley in the final season were, were way up there in Europe, let alone in just the English football. Um, but sometimes you need that little bit of confidence boost. And he's, you know, Nathan Jones called him the best player in the world uh, the other day. I know that's sort of slightly tongue-in-cheek, but he's, he's certainly one of the best at Luton at the moment. And I guess, Tony, it's important that someone does have that creativity because obviously we've not got like Keen and Dewsbury Hall this season. Uh, or it, you know, it doesn't look like we're going to have a player of that calibre this season. So someone's got to step up and take that on. And, you know, if that's Jordan Clark, then fantastic. Yeah, he's great. He's got that potential. Um, you know, KDH was great for us, um, gave us a good season, proved what a good player he is. And, and but when you've got a player like that and they go, you've then got a huge void to fill, haven't you? And that's what we need. We need somebody to step up. And I think Clark has got that ability. He can do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it will, it will go that way for him. There's no reason why it shouldn't. Um, but as I said earlier, there, there's plenty of competition in that, in that midfield. So, People have got to step up their game, uh, otherwise they're going to find themselves uh, getting splinters, aren't they? And of course, with only three subs this season as well, uh, it's not yeah. going to be quite as easy to make their way on the pitch if they're not in the starting eleven. Uh, James, what's your expectations for the season then? I mean, obviously the um, overriding thing would just be progress from last season, but how far can we go? I'm still a bit reticent to say that it would be a playoff push, I think. Not that they're not capable of it, but my logical brain says there's eight players to try and embed into this football team and, and get them playing the football that we all want to see and that, that they've got the potential to to show us. I, I still, you know, but because they've still got that defence, they've strengthened the defence as well. I... Uh, Right there, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Mate. You're not boring me, James. I'm just had a very, a very hard, tiring day, mate. Right, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Um, yeah, no, but they got the defence that you know, they've strengthened that defence. So it's hopefully that's still the platform that they can go on from. So I don't see that it's going to get um, dicey at all. But I would still view it as a top half of the table finish. Now they've got themselves there. If you want to be established, then that's probably where you've got to be. But uh, I, I, I hope I'm eating my words. Uh, I don't mind a bit of humble pie, but I don't think it would be a playoff push um, this season. I think it would be a sort of building season. So I'd take anywhere top off. I'd even take a couple of positions lower, sort of top of the bottom half, if you know what I mean. But um, as long as it's exciting football and it shows that progression, it is a sort of an overhaul season, really, uh, the amount of players they've had to bring in. But it, it was needed, uh, and now it's sort of the next chapter, really, I think. Well, that's pissed on my spirits. That's, uh, <laughs> that, has to, uh, that has to be said. Um, Tony, what do, you, what do you reckon? Is James right with that, or can we push on and not just push? 
I just want me cocoa. <laughs> it's getting up <laughs> Seriously, it's um, yeah. I I I think we can. I, I'm expecting us to finish higher than twelfth, but to that extent, I agree with James. I think perhaps a playoff push is a bit much this season. I would be more expecting that next season with this squad we've got. But uh, I'd just be happy with um, any progression. Um, another successful season because last season was successful for us and just to keep out of that relegation dogfight okay and then and then push on James how do you see the championship this season is it a stronger division weaker division how do you see it I mean obviously going up was um, Norwich that lot and Brentford who I've got to be honest I'm absolutely no problems getting rid of they scare me shitless every single time that we uh, we go anywhere near than that lot. Um, and they've been replaced by Sheffield United, West Brom and Fulham, three of the more dour sides you'll have seen in the Premier League recently. And going the other way, obviously, Sheffield Wednesday, Wickham, Wickham, Tony Wickham. Mm. And, um, Did I mention that they got relegated? <laughs> <laughs> and they've been replaced by um, Hull City, uh, Peterborough and Blackpool. So is it a stronger division this season? I think it's a more even division this season well, I wouldn't say there's any of those that you would say would go out and give every team a spanking you still probably can't look past the ridiculous situation that these clubs still have parachute payments for failure so you know West Brom are a perennial yo-yo team aren't they between this division and the Premier League they've all changed their managers haven't they the three teams that have come down they've all changed yeah. I think the thing with Sheffield United is they probably had their man in Chris Wilder, who, who's, I think he's a fantastic manager anyway. And they went up, he, he was, you know, a, he was a blade. So just the absolute capitulation of last season, I I, I would imagine is not going to go well for them. I'm not saying sort of Sunderland proportions where they think they're going to go back up and in fact get relegated and still can't get out of that division, by the way. But um, I, I think if, if one of those three that came down, they'd be the ones that I think probably might not be in and around the mix um, but you never know you never know what they what their untold millions for failure is going to afford them in the transfer market and well they did have the advantage of being relegated in September didn't they so, I mean, not so they, could, they could plan for the season yeah exactly yeah not many teams have that <laughs> to be fair I mean you've got Bournemouth still as well if mm. they, they really that was a failure season for them last season and they, they want to come back so um I just think it's a bit more even. And maybe that's also to do for the fact that Luton have improved so much over last season to where they are, that you are now looking at teams in that top, top half and thinking that's not so scary anymore. And that's a nice place to be, really. I'm certainly thinking that now Brentford aren't here. That's really and, and, and you've got Swansea, you know, they've got a new manager and you've got to feel sorry for Milton Keynes, haven't you, to have something good taken away from you and go to a new location. That must be awful. You know, must be awful. My heart Quite how we were an hour into this podcast and you've only just brought that up. I've absolutely no idea, but fair play to you. you I knew you would get it in at some point and that's absolutely, we absolutely concur and uh, wholeheartedly. Um, uh, can, can you, um, just one other thing, um, you know, with, with the Premier League season, uh, are we taking bets on 
when Watford are officially relegated? Which week of August do you think that's going to happen? Well, first of all, the the, the, the first book that's open is when's the manager getting replaced? Not true. Very not, true. Not, uh, Very we'll, true. We'll, we'll, we'll get onto that one um, a little bit further down the line. But Tony, is there any teams in the division that you expect to be completely different to last season? I.e., were there a team down the bottom that you think will go well? Were there a team at the top that you think mm, probably not going to go quite as well? Well, if 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 you look at uh, much as I hate to say it, QPR. They're recruiting and building well. Um, I expect them to be fairly close to the top this season. I don't think uh, Forest will have another bad season like they did last season. Um, the three you, you, challenging at the top. You can't really go um, say much about the three teams that have come down because, as James has mentioned, the the, the parachute payments they've got money to rebuild. Um, so that's going to be pretty you know, uh, uh, pretty interesting because you've got those three and as it's been said, you've got Swansea who were unlucky last season. You know, I, I think Bournemouth, I, I don't think they will be as, as anywhere near like they were last season. But you've still got other teams that I think will, will start to struggle more like Reading. I think Coventry will struggle again. The three sides coming up, and I think out of the three of them, the the ones that are most likely to do anything are probably Hull. Um, I can see Blackpool and Peterborough struggling to stay there. Um, but for me, I, I think probably the ones I'd make probably favourites to go straight back up will probably be West Brom, more so than the other two, I think. So... Yeah, I, I, I certainly feel that we're closer to these teams that have got relegated now than we were before. And it, it's a, a, a year-on thing about improving. And certainly, they don't hold any fears for me. I mean, when we played them, I, I, the teams that went up last season, um, I, I can't, I don't think any, any of them sort of out-and-out out destroyed us. Um, and in fact, we pulled off some good shocks, good results. I'm thinking more Norwich at home and everything. Um, so I, I, I think we'll give them a close, those teams a closer game this season. Another team that I can see struggling is Birmingham as well. What about you, James? Are there any teams at the bottom you expect to be improvers? Teams at the top you don't think will be there this season? Certainly not Derby. <laughs> they can't even put a team out, I imagine. Yeah, but, uh, um, yeah, well, it serves them right, really. I've got no sympathies for them whatsoever. Um, yeah, I think that the, the ones that that Tony pointed out there that probably they, they shouldn't be anywhere near the bottom half of the table, really, uh, with the amount of money they've got, um, like Forrest. Also, the manager they've got, really. Um, uh, so I can see them being up there. I definitely think... Uh, Birmingham again are going to be in a bit of bother. Uh, I, I, I'd, I'd agree with Tony about West Brom only because they're, they're quite, they're nothing special, I don't think. They're just quite solid, boring, but sometimes that's what it needs They're to effective, do, James. They're an effective yeah. side. Yeah. Solid and boring. They have just been managed by Sam Allardyce, you know. Well, e- exactly. Um, it, the amount of money that they've got it just doesn't make the, the playing field level at all so it's more of a shock that they don't do well 
then if they do go well back up, I mean, the frankly, the whole system needs to end. It's just it's a, a warrant that you give. Because those teams that come down, it, it's not even like they have to rebuild. They've just got the money to keep the players that they had in the Premier They've got them up to the Premier League, mm. knowing that that would be more usually more than enough to, to do well in the Championship, maybe add one, one or two more. But, you know, relegation used to mean if you had some decent players, off they go. But now they can just keep hold of the entire squads. Uh, and that's not right. So... Yeah. I don't know, I've looked through that Sheffield United team. I'm still searching for the decent player that's in it. But that'll be the famous last words, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Sheffield United, I, I, I would tip to not be not be near it. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, ultimately, I just think that it, it's, uh, it's a league that now after two seasons in for Luton, there's no one there that to be no one there to be scared of. You know, even those teams that went up, like Tony says, you you beat um, Norwich, you beat Watford, uh, you know, in the chasing pack, Swansea, Bournemouth. You can go to these places now and pull off good results. Even like the only uh, real bogey side now, I think, is probably QPR. But in, yeah. I've never seen a good game with QPR. I mean, you've gone up to the city ground and beaten Nottingham Forest for the first time in how many years? It's like... That's just now what you can expect. You don't have to go to these play these teams and think that they they hold any any, any worries. No, it's, it's 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 great. I'm looking forward to this season. Uh, it'll be fantastic. Whatever happens, uh, as long as we're in and around the level that we were last season, it'll be brilliant. Uh, James, football didn't come home, unfortunately. So close but yet so far. But fans are coming home on Saturday. We've had fans at Kenilworth Road for the two pre-season friendlies, but I've just mentioned that's a load of bollocks. Um, <laughs> fans, are, fans are back in full force on Saturday and my God, can we not wait? It's 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 everything, really. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've said it or written it a lot that, you know, fo- football, the game, can sometimes be boring. We live for the highs, but you have to go through the drudgery of a lot of rubbish and a lot of terrible performances. Um, you know, some people, the the actual game, the formations, and uh, you know the different plays and that sort of thing that 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 is everything. But for me, it comes in a package with the experience and the drama and the theatre of it. There's nothing like it. Football, I mean, um, you know, I love. I love music and I love films, but they're all scripted and rehearsed and, and you know, and, and practised to the nth degree to be good. Whereas football, anything can happen in the blink of an eye. And when it does, that's, that's the light bulb moment, the spark moment for me that makes football so brilliant. And if you don't have fans in the ground to celebrate that and, you know, for the players to feed off the energy of the supporters, uh, the players to go bonkers, the crowd to go bonkers, and just really experience that moment. Sometimes it's only, you know, a, a minute, or sometimes you don't get many of them in a the season. You've just got really got to enjoy them. But when it's not there, the whole of last season, as good as it was football-wise, as a spectacle, it. <sighs> it kind of made me fall a little bit out of love with the, with the game because it just felt like 
something wonderful could happen and nobody could see it. It's like that old uh, philosophical question, isn't it? Tree falls in the forest and no one's around to see it. Does it make a sound? And it just sometimes last season, well, not even last season, a season and a half just felt just a bit empty, really. And so for fans to be back at the weekend is is everything for me. For that place to be full and rocking, um, I I really, really hope it's, a, it's an atmosphere akin, if not better, to that first game back in the Championship against Middlesbrough, purely because the amount of time that people have been away I think you really learn to understand what you've missed, really. And I had the fortunate position, I got to go to games. Um, but for other people, there's 17 months, 18 months, where you've not been able to do what you love. And I can't even begin to imagine what that would be like to, to get back in that ground and, and do the thing you love and watch the team you love. I think it, I'll be writing the column for your website <laughs> to uh, help you explain that one. Yeah, it's just... It, in many ways, I care more about that than what the result will be. Because, you know, results come, results go. You can go up, you can go down. But if you don't have fans, what's the point? And with that in mind, Tony, was it important that we were at home first game of the season? I'm thinking, if you think back to the, if you think to the Euros, particularly the England games in the Euros, and I know you weren't particularly interested in them, and that's, that, that's fine. But there was a clear... Um, elevation to the atmosphere that had games at Wembley the, the, the longer they went on it, the atmosphere was more and more fever pitch and obviously on Saturday the 17 months of pent-up excitement that's going to be released when the players come out on Saturday was it important that we were the ones getting that home advantage and not someone else against us yeah I I, I think so it, it, it's good to do that and to have that although I, I, again, if, if we'd have been away, I think we'd have had a larger way following wherever we went on Saturday. And I think we'd have got that. And we'd have still got that following through to uh, our first home game. But fortunately, we're not. We're, we're in the situation um, where we've got that home game. And, uh, you know, to add to what James is saying, it, it's not just a thing of being in the ground and watching the game. It's meeting the people you go with in the pub before the game, having a bit, not that I drink a lot before games these days, I can't. Um, And then the walk to the ground and getting in there, seeing all the people that you know sitting around you, uh, having that atmosphere in the build-up. You know, the only time in my life where I'll probably have a Bovril and a Balti pie. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, uh, I, I, you know, the last time I had a Balti pie was the last home game I went to bloody 18 months ago. Um, so it's that whole thing. It, it, it and, and I think one of the positives to come out of, of, um, this whole sorry episode is I think it's made the powers that be in football realize just how important the fans are. And hopefully this will have got through to the broadcasters as well. That football is nothing without fans being at the game. I think the players realize that some of the comments that the players have made, they know that. And, uh, I, I, everybody is so looking forward to this, you know, yes, we got a pre-season friendlies and it's nice. And the two, the last two home games have been great to have a little bit of an atmosphere, but the Kenny, I think is going to be rocking on Saturday. 
Um, you know, Peterborough have sold their full uh, allocation, which is great. Um, so let's hope it's a fantastic occasion. There's no reason why it shouldn't be. And it will be good for all these new players to come out and, and, and see that, the supporters at Luton, because, you know, we're very passionate. I think, you know, um, with our fan base, we've got a higher proportion of passionate fans than a lot of other cl clubs seem to have. So, you know, that'll be great. I mean, it was good on Saturday just gone to see some people I hadn't seen for a long time. Um, you know, even people that sit around you that perhaps you haven't got that interaction with, but you saw them Saturday and it was, yeah, great to see you. And, all. and, it, and, it's, and it's wonderful. And, and football needs that to thrive. So, yeah, you know, it's like everything, you know, there's always anything bad happens. There's always some good somewhere that comes out of it at the end of it. So I, I think that um, the value of football supporters being at games has definitely gone up, gone through the roof, I think, now. And I think, as I said, the clubs, uh, the powers that be, are, are starting to realise that now as well. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the new players, um, Tasty Ken Oliver Road and the full atmosphere the first time. There's still going to be a load of players that we signed last season that are going to be doing it for the first time, yeah. aren't they? You know, Elijah Adepeo, Jordan Clark, a couple of others, you know, off the top of my head. I there, can't there, there's, there's, um, there's certain players there as well that, you know, no disrespect to other clubs that um, will not have seen uh, a crowd like ours and the passion that we've got. You know, people like Gomez and certainly Fred won't have seen anything like that before in his life. Um, as I said to him at, at, at Bedford, I, I had a word with him and I said, um, how does it feel to upgrade your football? And he just gave me a massive beaming smile. He knew what I was talking about, you know. It's almost like he'd been released from purgatory. You know, so... Um, it's like Jerome. <laughs> no, Fred. Fred <laughs> on, your di on your dimmer. I mean, I, yeah, if I Jerome. said... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, if I see Jerome, I'll welcome him back into uh, proper football, professional football. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm sorry that you had to drop out of it for a while, but no, it it, it it's exciting. I I don't think I've ever looked forward to the start of a season that I had before, and I I was very fortunate. I I managed to go to some of the games last season. Um, you know, it's the one where spectators were allowed in, and I was fortunate enough to get access to things like the Watford game and things like that. And, and um, you know, I, I realised how lucky I was to do that, and, and, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to do that. But now it's just brilliant. Let's go. Let's get 100% behind the team, and, and, and let's cheer them on to destroying Peterborough. Fred's just happy that he can be in the car on the way home at half past five on a Saturday instead of, uh, <laughs> instead of, instead of still you, running up to that. You know, you said, you said that, Kev. I've got mental visions now of all them Wickham players having their sleeping bags in the changing room <laughs> all rolled up. And, you know, they, they, just before they, they, they start the, um, the interminable second half, they're all putting their breakfast orders in for the morning, you know. <laughs> And, and you know, you know, putting their alarm calls on, you know, to to wake them up and everything. So you know, that's uh, 
Uh, they'll never live that down, you know that. And, and that, <laughs> I think, is one of the best things from last season uh, when when Pelly scored his banger against them and he's tapping his wrist. <laughs> uh, time waste now, you buggers, you know. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. You know, I, you know, you you guys think I I I hate Wickham. Um, that that is a feeling that is reserved for for Watford. Um, you know, I dislike Wickham. Yes, it's quite intense, but it's not quite the level of feeling that there is for Watford. But there is only one club I out and out despise, and they're twenty miles away, but they're in the totally different direction. You know, mm. same as I think we all do. You know, yeah. I'm sorry. I apologise. I used the term club. I should have said. I should have said franchise. <laughs> and uh, James, there is actually a football match on Saturday, so uh, let's start the sort of predictions for the first month of the season. But we've got a promoted side in Peterborough. Uh, we've been the opposite way round to this, haven't we? We've been promoted against the yeah. side that we established in the Championship, and that was a right old occasion. Uh, are you expecting something similar on Saturday? Exactly the same. Uh, yeah, I want exactly the same. I want it four three in Luton's favour. Uh, I want it a thrill ride. Uh, just it—it it deserves a massive occasion, whatever mm. it is. I think the worst thing would be if it was some sort of nil-nil, tedious match. But I think the fact that Peterborough have come up, and so they'll be on their uppers. The fact that most fans have not been in that ground for eighteen months. The fact that it was such a decent season last season. And the fact that there's all those exciting players that we've already spoken about in this podcast will add to the occasion immeasurably. It's going to be one of those where I'm not sure there's many people going to be able to get much sleep beforehand. They'll be that excited about it. And it, I just want the, the day to live up to it. You know, mm. But even if it doesn't, I think the occasion of those seats being filled and all the things that, that Tony said about what football means to people outside of, you know, 22 men kicking a ball is going to be just majestic to be there. And um, yeah, thinking about it now, I'm just really excited. So I, that sort of atmosphere and that sort of buzz that, that will add an electricity, I think, hopefully to, to the football. And uh, I just, yeah, I, it, either Luton give them a job in or it's a, it's a, it's, you know, a sort of seven goal thriller where they come out on top, that do be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank God the uh, the Olympics is still on on Friday night because I, I doubt I'm going to get much sleep. The excitement's going to be uh, too much. Tony, the last time Peterborough came here, they got their tails put between their legs 4-0 in League One, in the League One promotion winning season. Is it going to be that easy again on Saturday? Being serious now, I I, I don't think so. I, I, I can't see that. I, I think we're good for a win, but I think it will be narrow. I think it'll be something like 2-1, to be honest with you. Four three is narrow. Four three is narrow. That's just seven goals, isn't it? I know, and I, I can't see it being like that. I mean, you're right in what you said that they'll be on their uppers and they're up. They got, they'll look at it. They've got nothing to lose. And I'm certainly, you know, think that they probably feel that we're one of the clubs that they could get something against. You know, let let's hope we we you know, uh, knock that out of their heads on, on Saturday. But, you know, as long as we make a reasonable start and we do it the, the right way that we put on a good show and a good performance, I think it'll be great. 
And of course, it's another return of Jack Marriott, isn't it? That um, he signed for Peter Burroughs. So um, hopefully, we can keep him quiet and mm. uh, go from there. After that, then James, um, I'm sure you're not particularly interested in Stephen Ijaway, but it is Stephen Ijaway in the um, Carabao I'm, I'm going on holiday on that. Not interested in it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> nobody seven, should go on holiday. Seven nil. Seven nil. Nobody should go on holiday during um, football season, for what it's worth. You've had three months to do that. Um, we should be beating Stevenage. Mm. Another pre-season friendly, Kev, to be honest with you. No, that's what it feels like. But, you know, they're going to be up for it. Um, it's a chance for them to try and get one over them on this. I, I think we'll be too strong and too good for them. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see, see us beat them 3-0 or something like that. But... Uh, it's, it's, it's an, a difficult one to call. At, at the end of the day, I don't really care about it. I'm I'm more concerned about the following Saturday, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a chance to integrate integrate some more um, players into the squad, isn't it? And um, yeah. we go from there. You've both said, Ben, that West Brom are the side you fancy to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. So, James, are we catching them at the right time? No. <laughs> I don't like going there. Um, it, I think it'll be a it'll be a more even game than it was the last time uh, mm. to have played. Let's put it that way. And um, you know, maybe it's it's still got a bit of unknown factor. We'll know more, I guess, after after Peterborough and Stevenage. But I just don't like going going the Hawthorns. I think that they'll. Um, that they'll grind out something. So a draw would be a good result. I'd be ecstatic with a win, obviously. But mm. uh, yeah, it's just I'm being I'm being from the excitement of the first game and everything that the amazement that hope I'm hoping that be my logical brains taking over for for the West Brom West Brom West Brom performance. Fair enough. How do you see that one going, Tony? I'm going to go for a draw as well. One-one probably. Yeah. I think uh, you know if we if we win it, it, it's great, but I I see uh, a draw to be honest in that one. I think West Brom will still be finding their feet, and uh, I think we'll continue our good start. I think a point away from there is useful, and uh, I'll be perfectly happy with that. And a trio of touring the motorways ends um, the following Tuesday, isn't it? Great to be thinking about going to an away game as well. It's uh, it's fantastic. I mean, uh, Wigan away was the last time we um, thought about mm. doing that, wasn't it? It ends with Barnsley. It seems to be contractually obliged that we have to play that lot in the first month of the season. Um, obviously, they were the first game last season. This time, they're the third league game. Um, lost their manager, James, but they, they, were, they were very good last season under him, weren't they? To be fair to them, finished in the playoffs and only just got edged out by Swansea in those playoffs. So you're expecting Barnsley to be as good and you're expecting it to be a tough game? I would expect them to be as good in that they were a very handy team. I don't think there was any one player that actually stood out uh, for me, for them, but they, they were really an effective team, played good football as well. I think that that's, that, as much as we talk about the way we want Luton to play, I think that's probably also in the Barnsley DNA of how they play. So I think whoever they get in, they seem to have an equally decent time recruitment-wise. 
for players and managers. You know, they they he came from Spanish football, didn't he, or French football? Their, their last manager. So if you've got that ability to pick somebody out, then they're always. I think they're always going to be a danger. And where they finish last season, they're going to be another team that are um, really on a high. I think. Uh, so I'd take another. I'd take another draw. It's actually a really tough start to the season. I think. Um, I was going to say that, James. Yeah, yeah it, is it really is a tough start to the season. So if you could come out of out of that first month not having lost, I think that's a great. That'd be a great result. Oh, this is the championship. We're nowhere near the first month done um, yet. Um, Tony uh, Ishmael went to West Brom, didn't he? He took Alex Mowat with him. So I always thought whenever we played Barnsley, he looked a decent bloke in the centre of the park. But handy that we're not going to come up against him in that game. Obviously, we'll come up against him in the West Brom game. How do you see the Barnsley one going? We've actually got a good record at Oakwell, haven't we? We've won both the times that we've been back there in the championship. I've, uh, I was going to say I fancy in a way win there because we always win at their place. Going back as far as I can remember, we we win at their place. Conversely, they always seem to win Quite at our place. Um, no, that's what I'm expecting. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see a similar scoreline to last season. 1-0 to the town is probably going to be a um, focal point on our away journeys once again. Uh, two home games finish off the month, chaps. Uh, Birmingham City, you've both slagged them off already in this podcast. So you get another chance to do that. Um now, how do you see that one going, James? I mean, obviously, these are the kind of home games that we went in that kind of spell last season, didn't we? Where we had a load of these home games that we drew that we absolutely dominated and just didn't go over the line. And Birmingham were one of those. So we really owe them something in many ways. Oh, McGubbin. And that's exactly what I expect will happen, to be honest. 4 0. Cool, blimey. <laughs> how do you see that one going, Tone? I think a home win. Um, you're right in what we say. We we do own. I can see it's something like three one. To be honest with you, I, I I think you know they they over the past couple of seasons they've been a little bit of a bogey side for us. Um, I know we won one nil at their place last season, if I remember correctly. But um, I think we owe them something at home, and I think we'll do them. Whilst I'm going for three one. Yeah, that'd be nice to beat Lee Bowyer and. Um bring him down a peg or two when after uh, his comments in the first season and we're back in the championship. Uh, the month finishes before the first international break. It finishes with a home game against Sheffield United. Why on earth are we getting all these relegated sides so early? Sheffield United at home. Um, probably another tough game, James, but like you said earlier, not one that we should fear, really. No. Well, in that first Premier League season where they, they did so well, they were just really tough to beat quite a hard working team and they weren't really that exciting and then last season they were dreary as hell so um, I think there's there's a chance there to to take a scalp I think and uh, I'd go for a I'd go for a 1-0 yeah, yeah I was going to say Tony would there be an upset but I mean obviously we think Luton will win so uh, no would be the answer yeah <coughs> excuse me I, I can't get over tonight that I, all this agreement with James, actually. Uh, I, I, I feel the same. I think it would be one or, or 2-0 because I, I think if you look them at the manner in which Sheffield United were relegated last season, um, they'd be on a downer, a real downer. And I hopefully they'll carry that form on into this season. Um, I don't know enough about who they've lost from their squad or who, who they've signed. Um 
but I think we've got enough about us to beat them. Yeah, uh, hopefully that is hopefully that is the case. So uh, in that regard, then that's three wins, two draws, eleven points, and happy days. Mm. Love that. That would be very nice. That's how we started last season, wasn't it? Three wins out of four to uh, to start the season. So if we do that again, that would be very nice. Um, that's just about it for the season preview podcast. Then, chaps. Um, thanks to you both for your company. Thanks again to Nathan for uh, letting us have some of his time. And well, here's to uh, enjoying a memorable occasion on Saturday and letting football normality return uh, return to its rightful place. Yeah, I know. Definitely, definitely. It is coming home indeed, absolutely. Fans, fans in particular. So uh, if you've got a ticket for Saturday, really enjoy the occasion. Make it as special as it can possibly be. I'm sure we all will. And um, until next time, we'll be back at the end of the month. Uh, we'll reflect on these five games on Saturday's atmosphere, how everything's going. We'll chat about the new signings. The transfer window will be there or thereabouts in terms of being closed by then, so we'll know exactly where we stand squad-wise. And there'll be much, much more um, from on that episode and right throughout the season as we'll bring you another exciting season, season five of the Little Town Sports Trust podcast. But for now, thanks to James. Thanks to Tony. As I say, thanks for Nathan, thanks for you for listening, and uh, come on you actors. <laughs>